Well, it's beyond the pew. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's, it's a little chilly today. Somewhere in between. I'm loving the contrast of the 80-degree weather with the 30-degree weather and then kind of everything in between. Sure. You don't know from day to day. I mean, it's it keeps you guessing. Ohio weather, you can have sunny... 80 degrees, everybody's wearing shorts and t-shirts, and then the next Psych. the next day, frost on the windshield. Yep. Snow I, uh, in the shades. Yep. I said to my daughters the other day, they asked me why I'm not parking my vehicle in the garage. Oh. Because normally we keep the van and the car in the garage. You and got a two-car garage. <laughs> Indeed. Good, good, and, good. Uh, I knew you were going to say that. No, I mean, I'm just, I knew you were going to say that. I was excited. Good. So, car, you don't, so you two, don't have to scrape your car. It's in a two-car garage. Anyhow, good. I knew you were going to say oh, that. This is good. I said, oh, you can park both cars in the garage. Anyhow, good for you, we man. normally keep my car in the garage. Uh, your car's new? No, oh, okay. not at all. We'll find you. 190-some <laughs> thousand miles on my, my Honda Accord, 177,000, hmm. I think, on my Odyssey. Your cars are much newer than mine. But yeah. uh, at any rate— um, but we don't have a two-car garage. So we had our Accord. I took my kids back from the store, and I had it outside. And my daughter said, why are you not parking the car in the garage? I go, oh, just gives us more room in the garage to, like, walk around and stuff and, you know, store stuff. But it's also not going to be frosting anymore, so I keep it outside because I don't have to defrost in the morning. And guess and what? And you were wrong. Yep. Went out. Uh, was it yesterday morning or this morning? One of the two. And the windows needed defrosted. I think it was yeah. yesterday morning. And, yeah, um, that's it me every morning. That right cold. after I said it. So, so at um, any rate. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then you have this scenario walking into a room and it feels like it's 20 degrees. Yes, yeah, yes. Sometimes it could feel cold if you walk into a room. I think it's a little bit exaggerated. No, it's definitely the room, not. The room cold. that we are recording in today is a little on the cooler side. Yeah, So the chill side. But yes. anyways, this is awesome. Glad to be here. You sound like you sound tired today. No, I'm not. You are. You're no, tired. I'm excited. Nope. You're tired. Apparently, every week I'm tired. Uh, but I here guess. we are. That's, again, I guess that's what again it is. Again and again. But you have some new Nikes on. No, they're not new. And, but uh, I hope that, I mean, I wish that you people could see you right now. You're so excited. You're sitting forward. Like, you're, <laughs> well, like your position is forward. You got your coffee. You got your laptop. Your phone is plugged into your laptop. You got a commentary. You're ready. He's ready. Ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Bruce Rosa is ready today. Well, I'm just going to take seriously the word of God. Yeah, I um, love that. It's it'd awesome. Be great. It'd be great if we did that, right? Amen. All the time, it would be great. Amen. Mm. Amen. So, at any rate, this past Sunday, Pastor Steve Bogran, Bogran, our discipleship pastor, he read a passage of scripture from Matthew chapter 19. Interesting passage. In the uh, service this past Sunday. Yeah. And so you can go back on our service. You can live stream. Live stream on, on our you YouTube watch page, it. Marinata 1995. It, or if you were to go to our website, which is NBC95.org, you can find them there. Correct. Shameless. You plug. would no longer be watching it live streaming because it's over. But it will but be you streaming. You'll be watching it. And uh, so <laughs> he read the passage in Matthew chapter 19. And there was one part of the passage that um, I think sometimes puzzles people or they wonder, is that what Jesus really meant when he said it? And it kind of leads to a little bit of questions, and there's a couple different viewpoints about this particular text. One viewpoint that you weren't real familiar with. Nope. Um, I heard it. But um, we thought we'd bring, up, 
Yeah, I thought I'd bring it up today. Yeah. So Matthew chapter 19, 16 to 27. Let me read it so then you can explain that. Go ahead, you can read it. Matthew 19, yeah. 16 to 27. And it says this, And behold, a man came up to him, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep if you if you will enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbors as yourself. The young man said to him, All this I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you will be perfect, go sell what you possess and give it to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven, and come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now here's where he gets to where we get tricky. And Jesus said to his disciples, "Truly, true, truly, I said to you, only with dif difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eyes of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God." I'm gonna read it again. And again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who can who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With men things with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. I think that's a good spot to end. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um so there's a lot. Obviously, if you were preaching this text, there's a ton in this text. Oh, it's a power that could be power passage that that could be addressed and that could be looked at. And I think contextually, Jesus sets up this whole idea of it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God um, than it is for a camel to go through an eye of a needle, right? Yeah. It, it, which that's what led the disciples to say, "Man, this is impossible. Like no one can yeah, do that. Who can they get saved? Right? Yeah. yeah. And so, but what's interesting is even before he gets to that point, and we're not going to spend a great deal of time on this. But in verse 16, when Jesus is asked, what good deed must I do to inherit eternal life? He said, why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. Yeah. Right? So it's interesting because Jesus does this a lot of times when he teaches. He gives answers that people miss and people don't even pay attention to. But he asks, why do you call me good? There's only one who is good. And he's referencing God, right? Mm -hmm. That God's the only one who is good. So from the very get-go... Jesus establishes a truth. He's setting the scene. That there's no one who's good except for God, and mm -hmm. there's no one who is perfect except for God. But then in his answer, he says, what must I do? And he's like, well, you know what you're supposed to do? Keep the law. Keep the commandments, which in essence what Jesus is saying, in order to get to heaven, you have to be good, right? Mm -hmm. Completely good. By the way, I just told you, no one's good yeah. except for one, Yeah. right? So it's interesting because he begins the passage, I think, by already letting this man understand. But the guy don't get it. He don't get it. He right? don't get it the first time. Nope. He asks again, and then Jesus makes the statement, and then his response is, like, well, I have kept them all. Yes, and he, which like, is impossible. Yeah, right? yeah so how the, possible is it for you to keep absolutely. every single commandment? Yeah, you can't. Especially like, when you keep in mind like that he's rich. And he's young in a culture like that, what chances were that some of the things that you see listed here that Jesus said, well, have you done this? Have you done this? Chances were that he did not keep those And perfectly. we don't know. I mean, we don't know, yeah. but most likely he didn't. I mean, perfectly if he's like you and me, things. he definitely didn't keep it. Um, 
Wow. I mean, okay. If he's anything like yeah. me, he didn't no, keep it I mean, all. I, listen, I'm sorry. Sorry, I should no, not. I should I, have not include you. I should. No, I spoke no, for yourself. No, I'm listen, saying, I'm not I, perfect. So no, yeah, but if listen, he's anything like me, he definitely not keep it. No, no, no. It. What I'm saying is, when he talks about which ones, he says, "You shall not murder." I've never murdered anyone. Okay, good. For right? you. So I don't know if you have. Have no. you murdered anyone? So when no. you said, "If he's like us, we didn't keep any of them," listen. I mean, I know Jesus talked about you shouldn't have hatred towards your brother. You know, well, you know what I'm I get. I yeah, get you're it. Being I'm just saying. Technical now. When I said wow, I wasn't making it in reference to saying I don't sin. I was making it in reference to wow, like so you've murdered people and no, you've no, no, I mean, you, you went straight to that one. I will have no, gone straight to like honor your parents. I was just going to the one that Jesus said first: Which "You one? shall not murder." That yeah, but he didn't stop there. No, but that was the first one. Well, who so, came? What came first? The chicken or the tree? And, 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 that's not how that goes. <laughs> so he says, if you would be perfect, go so all that you have to give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. The chicken or the tree? <laughs> it's the chicken or the egg. That needs to be the tagline for this particular week. What came first, the chicken or the tree? Um, but at any rate, back to this text, he says, here's the, the kind of statement that there's some varying viewpoints, and people have tried to dismiss this. When Jesus says, it's, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. There are some different teaching that's out there. One that I wouldn't necessarily say it's as popular as just a plain rendering of the text, a camel going through the eye of a needle. But one is that there was a, a gate that would have been referenced and known in Jerusalem, like a secondary gate yeah. that would have been known as the eye of the needle and that camels when they would seek to enter the uh, Jerusalem through that gate, they would have to shed off all of the load of luggage and everything else it was carrying, get down on their knees and like scoot through the gate because it was so small so that that's how they had to enter it. So when Jesus said easier for a camel to go through an eye, the eye of a needle, people would have understood it as that. And, yeah. and that's a great thing if you want to try to make the text say what you want it to say because yeah. you could say, see, he had to shed off all of the he stuff that he had. to get rid of all those things. And, and so the difficulty with that is is historically and I think um, – But know, even practically. Yeah, like, the, like that hasn't been proven to ever exist. Yeah, and I feel like it's a far – like like they're not – like like if it's not working, you would expect them – like if that was true and it was known for that, you would expect them to like expand the, day, the gates – Sure. You would expect them to like find a different way of entry. Correct. Which know. is what a lot of people say is that scholars will say, why would anybody take their camel that way as yeah. opposed to going another, you know, 400 feet to use the main entrance? To yeah. But I guess there's never been discovered such a, a gate that they're referencing here. Yeah. Um, and in addition to that, there's a lot of problems with that too because the disciples would have understand, understood Jesus's response as an impossibility, mm-hmm. right? They're like, who then can be saved? Yeah, you know? if, like. And if if this is not if this is not the way, then what in the like who else like what's where's yes. the hope? Like, yeah, and so I know. think some of it is kind of wanting to to help people understand with this particular passage. There are times that things are said like scripture passages where Jesus is teaching, or we see the word of God say something, and we're like, man, that doesn't make sense, or how could that possibly be? And so as a way to try to help with our finite understanding justify, rationalize, whatever, we come up with an idea, yeah. right? And I think that's dangerous because it begins to take away just what the plain rendering and true meaning of the text is. Yeah. And so, again, the problem with if this gate existed is that gate would not have been an impossibility for a camel. Yeah. And there was a way that it could happen, right? 
And yet Jesus says, with with man, this is an impossibility. Yeah, you you you're gonna have a harder time explaining it, explaining that view, than you would have it to justify what you're trying to teach. Yes, in light of the whole passage. Yes, and so we need to look at what the text says. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus is talking about the difficulty, right? He doesn't say it's an impossibility with God. He says it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Um, and, you know, some people reference back to this would be a Jewish saying um, that an original saying would be an elephant going through the eye of a needle, but in Jewish culture and in their part of the world. On the Talmud? A, or a camel. Yeah, a camel would have yeah. been the largest animal they could have thought of that they were familiar with. Yeah. So they wouldn't have Colocular used an elephant right, or whatever. Say. Yeah, I don't know if you would refer to that as that. But, but it's something. it's one of these things where... He's making it abundantly clear. This is a difficult thing, and by man's abilities is an impossible thing. Yeah. Um, and that's what his disciples would have understood. So I think there's a couple things here. One is it seems to be that the whole gate idea called the needle gate or whatever doesn't historically or biblically seem accurate. So we want to look at Scripture in the way it's worded. But also I think the other thing here is the controversy is people would say the same as the disciples did, that, that no rich man could go to heaven then. Yeah, and and there's a lot of people who hold that view. And, and, and the reason why, why what to them was shocking too is because and and you have this type of belief even in today that the the Pharisees or the religious leaders at the time they had this view or they would teach this kind of uh, message that a uh, one way for you to identify if you're in good favor with God is if you had wealth. Sure. Uh, throughout the gospel, you see that like any time that like that uh, that instance where they came to Jesus, like, hey, this blind man, who was that sin? Was it him? Was it his father? Like they will look at uh, like struggles. They will look at hardship as a way of like being in disfavor or in or in, uh, in, in, in distant from God. And then in contrast, they will say, OK, well, if you have wealth, if you're rich, then clearly you have been blessed. Clearly you are in good position with God. And so they will teach that. And so a rich man like this individual individual that comes like this and now jesus says it is it, it is easier for a camel to go through a needle to them it would have been well if he's not able to be saved then who, who can else? be who right? can be and it would have been their same thinking about the pharisees when yeah. jesus said unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and pharisees you cannot enter the kingdom of god well mm. they had the same kind of thought like well if the pharisees aren't yeah. going to enter the kingdom of god and they're the most religious and they're the they are the wealthiest and most well-to-do and they're not going to enter the kingdom of God, who then can yeah. be saved? And, like, you think you got to keep in mind, too, like, the background of some of the disciples. Like, some of the disciples, like, you could make the case that Matthew would have been one that would have been somewhat wealthy, if not wealthy in general. But you got the other ones that were, uh, like, fisher, like fishermen that back then, you know, they may have some possessions, but they were general generally speaking were known for not being in the, in the, in the upper class, you know? Yeah. And so to them, it's like, think about it, too, like, they're looking at this and it's like, wait, wait, Jesus, we're your followers too. Like, and and if they cannot do it, then again, who else? Who, sure. How can anybody be safe? And so you Jesus' know? statement is, with man, this is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. Yeah. And and so there are warnings. I'll just throw a couple passages out. We won't read them all, but First Timothy six talks about being um, careful not to be consumed with the riches of this present age, uh, but to be rich in good works. Luke chapter twelve talks about guarding against covetousness because one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Um, and he references a rich man that he references the story, a parable of the rich man that stored up all these riches on earth 
and said that he's going to like eat and thrive and his soul will be thriving and then his life's going to be required of him. And then also kind of piggybacking off what we talked about at the church at Laodicea uh, last week mm-hmm. is if you remember one of the things that Jesus is charging against the church is that they looked at themselves and said, I am rich. I'm complete. I'm right. Good. I'm rich. I've I'm prospered. Yeah. I don't need anything. And, and he's and he's helping them to understand the poverty that's truly there. Even though they think in material wealth and riches, they have great possessions. And so it is a good challenge and reminder for us of the absolute necessity of the Lord in our salvation yeah. and in our favor with God. So, yeah. And, and, I, and I think that, like, it's, it's so important, and we've been talking about this throughout this series that we're doing, like the importance of looking at context and looking at the why why is it written, what's the purpose behind it. You have the story of this individual that is coming to seek Jesus. Jesus had a reputation. He's coming to him as someone who has a reputation of being a teacher or a prophet or, or a man of God, and he comes to him and say, hey, what must I do? Like, again, the emphasis on himself. What must I do? What else do I need to do to be able to inherit eternal life? And in Jesus' reaction or a response to him, it's trying to get him to understand that there's absolutely nothing that you can Correct. do to win, to, to, to earn you that salvation, to end your salvation. Yeah. That possessions is not it. That, that the, the last thing that he says to him is like, well, you said you have kept all those things, so then this is the next thing you need to do. Go and sell everything and then follow me. In his response, you see clearly that he, he even then didn't get it. That he yeah, was like, okay. he went away sorrowful. Yeah, he was, he was, he was sad. And in another of the passages in the gospels, it said that Jesus looked at him and he loved him. Like mm-hmm. Jesus looked at him and had compassion for this individual that was so blinded by his possessions, by his uh, uh, the things that he was trying to accomplish, and not understanding that only through the work of God we can arrive at salvation. Yep. That and what is impossible for men. It's possible to God, yeah. And so that's what uh, that's what is in key about this passage. It's the recognition that there's nothing that we can do that can earn us eternal life. Uh, it's only through the work of God. Yes. And then just a side note: one thing that is interesting too is like when you look at the needle, like the actual word that is used there in the in the Greek is a word that it is used exclusively for sowing. Yeah. So you have that too. So like you know, I just thought of this as you were. We were talking about earlier about the needle and sure. and, and the nagay, like the, the writer specifically used a word that relates to sewing. Yes, know? and there's so. there's some people, and this goes back to kind of conjecture or people who are trying to make up reasons that Jesus wouldn't have been using such a hyperbole of of the impossibility that's there. And you know, one one commentator had mentioned that some people hold the viewpoint that. The word "camel" wasn't the original word. It was a mistake. That, One vowel. That, that right? it should have been. That it should have been from the Greek word "camelos," uh, which is a large rope or cable, <laughs> and instead of "camelos," uh, which is a camel. And yeah. so, saying that what was supposed to be included was a large rope, not a camel. And I agree with the assessment that the problem with that is, you know, that would bring in the question of the inerrancy and preservation of God's word. But in addition to that, here's what we can't lose sight of. Jesus and whatever he said, which I believe is what we have recorded for us, would have led all those that were listening to think this is impossible. There's no way. There's no way that this could happen. I think think that that like what is key to interpret this is – 
the disciples, when he says in verse 25, when the disciples heard this, they were great, greatly astonished. Yes. Like they were shocked. Amazed. And they And they say, it's amazing. Who then can be saved? Yes. Like if you mean to tell me that this individual cannot be saved, then who, who else can? Correct. And then that Jesus responds. It's just, I think it's like straightforward. With men, this is impossible, but with God, yeah. all things are possible. Yeah, and so I think it goes again. What we've been stressing each step of the way so far is we want to read the text and read it in its context and come up with the interpretation based upon the text and also the surrounding context. And I think if you read this in its context, that what Jesus is saying here would have been absolutely crazy yeah. to those listening. Yeah, And it again emphasizes the absolute necessity of the work of God in our salvation and that we can't earn it. We can't buy it. You know, we can't do anything or be good enough for it. It's the grace of God. And, and that's yeah. why Jesus said, with God, this is possible. All things are possible with yeah. God. Um, so anyhow, I think it's an example. Another passage is another example where there are multiple interpretations that people read maybe into the text yeah. as opposed to letting the text speak for itself. And yeah. I think that that's something that can be dangerous. Right? Yeah, just because it sounds good doesn't mean it's true. For sure. And, and you so can make it that, sound great. I mean, yeah. you can make it sound like, no, what Jesus meant when he said, can't go through the eye of a needle is blah, 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 blah. And you can see how that would work because blah, blah, blah. And they would understand. But then that brings in the question of then it's not impossible. Yeah. Right? But he's making it clear it is impossible, impossible. apart from God. And, and the know. challenge for you, like for people like you and I who get to handle God's work on a regular basis is for us to to – be uh what's the word committed and to be passionate of teaching truth for what it is yes and not fall into the temptation of like well i'm gonna say this because it sounds good yes and or i'm gonna say this because then i'll get this reaction or or or, or i'm gonna say this because that way i'm gonna get more prominence and just being you know yes um, that is the temptation yeah. Um, to do that. Yeah. So as we're wrapping up here, I had to take a picture of you yeah, because here's okay. – let me just describe because we're not on video. We're on audio. I'm all wearing all blue. But this is what I'm going to – the picture, and yeah. maybe I'll throw this up on Instagram. I'm going to throw this up on the Marinette yeah, Instagram page. But you got you got the blue Nikes with the blue jeans, the blue sweatshirt, the blue matching hat, blue matching Bible, and the blue matching – Water bottle. You're like you're, I love you're, blue. You're a dark blue guy today. Yeah. Like everything's the same. Yeah, dark but you're not blue. so far distant. You're but they're wearing... different blues. Like yeah, but you, I all... mean you're not as intense like, as I am. But you're like wearing you're, like if I squint my eyes, it looks like you're wearing a jumpsuit of blue. Yeah. Like a jumpsuit was of what blue I was with a matching with. hat, <laughs> Bible, and and water bottle. It's yeah. impressive. Yeah, it's I just, magic. I just realized it. Yeah. It's great. It's all blue. I, I, funny story. Actually, I was getting ready this morning to leave. And my daughter, my oldest daughter, Emerson, she grabbed, but she's four or she's three. She grabs a, a bottle and, and she was drinking from it and it was blue. And I said, oh, look, blue, like like daddy, daddy's wearing blue today. And then I said out loud, it's like, I think I'm wearing too much blue. And she goes and says, yeah, daddy, you're wearing too much blue. Oh, man. So no, I don't it was a are. sign. I think it works. It was a sign. I think it works. Yeah, well, obviously I the, wore it. The so. blue Bible, the blue water, water bottle. bottle. Nikes, jeans, my blue hat, phone. You want to look at it? And too? the sweatshirt. Look, my blue um, phone. Man, it's like yeah. a blue out. It's like a blue I like out. Blue, I like yeah. Blue. It's good. Yeah. Representing. Have you heard that song? Yeah. Buffalo no, Bills. You're representing the Bills. Yeah. Buffalo Bills. That's yeah. who you're representing today. That's great. Yeah. No, it's good. Um, so again, Pastor Eric Gill, we always tell people, and we don't get many questions, but if people have questions, comments, Comment. passages, 
They could text us. Text us. And do you know we the do number? listen to them? You can email us too. Uh, we we if you know our but, emails. Yeah, but do you know the text the number? number? Yeah, absolutely. Three three zero. Three three one six four five three. Yep, excellent. Are you still using your method that you remember the numbers I, by? I, absolutely. Because it didn't work like two. It weeks has ago. worked perfectly. That's I how I remember. Don't think it's been perfect. I just said it right. No, but I'm saying two weeks ago you didn't know. Well, because I, I was the in the moment. Failed. I was in the oh, moment. Okay. All yeah. right. Very good. A little defensive today. No. A little defensive. I'm today. having fun. It's okay. All right. Well, 330-331-6453. And the question we ask at the end. All the time, every week. Is what is your life, your life, looking like beyond the pew? And we hope it honors the Lord. We'll see yeah. you next week. See you next week. Bye-bye.